I'm a person that uh, have I, I take adversity pretty well. Uh, I'm not a person that just panics. I don't, I'm not a person that kind of folds. I'm a person that fights. Uh, I fight for uh, for success. I fight for for excellence. I fight for relationships. I fight for faith. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly fighting for something. That was Jesus Cruz, CEO and president of Unified Logistics Services. Now, to be clear, no one just wakes up and decides to start a logistics company. At least Jesus certainly didn't. Actually, growing up, he was interested in becoming a veterinarian. And after moving from place to place, going from job to job, he found himself with an opportunity which later put him in a position to start his own business. Unlike many, his first couple years of business were smooth sailing, up until he experienced some adversity and was forced to pivot. Let's jump right in. Has there ever been a place that you will never visit again? Ever had a bad experience somewhere that you'll never, you never want to quite, quite visit one more time? Yeah, you know, we are very cautious when we're, we're gonna, you know, our, our family is very adventurous. You know what I mean? So we decide to like, there's no way that I would go somewhere and just sightsee. Like, you know, we've been to Washington D.C. You know, and then that's, you know, that's that's fine and dandy, but you know, those places that we're just not doing anything really doesn't excite us. So. We decided one day, hey, let's rent an RV. Let's get an RV and let's just drive. Um, so definitely this was probably one of those things that I would never do again. Number one, I don't like to drive that much. I felt like I was driving around the world. Number two, you had pretty much our family, and I think there was a small family, maybe a couple and a baby that was with us. It was a pretty big RV. It was probably about maybe, and I would say probably about 38, 40 foot uh, RV. So it was a pretty good size. We went from Florida to Georgia, Georgia to North Carolina, and North Carolina. We ended up in Tennessee, and then we drove back home. It was work. Okay, so I was on vacation, but I was actually working. So to me, that doesn't make any sense. Um, we had Jacob, which is my son. He was in charge of the of the hose that gets connected to the the, the waste, which was another. That's a whole other story. Um, we had to take out luggages basically from the bottom of the RV into the RV so we can get dressed and then put them back. It was just, I mean, I found myself working, driving. I was exhausted. And at the end of the day, I was like, okay, I would never, never get in an RV again. And listen, I don't want to bash any RV lovers out there, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not made for that. That's not my calling. That, that sounds like a terrible experience. And, but there's, there, there's people that enjoy that. There's people that actually love it and they go camping and they travel the country from end to end and they actually like that. Um, but I'm with you. I, I, I picture that. I just can't put it together. You know, I need my hotel and I need my space. And I can, you know, living in a in an RV can, you better love your family, like a lot, a lot, because. For sure. For sure. No, you hit a, on a good point that I didn't mention. So you have to go to RV parks to park there so you can stay there overnight. Right. And you have to use their facilities. So you don't right. have, I mean, the bathroom there is really not a bathroom. Um, so you got to go into the, the facilities bathroom there that you had shared. So, um, man, it, it's just, it's, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty fun, funny trip, uh, <laughs> but memorable. But at the same time, I, I won't, I won't go back that route again. Now is, is it safe to travel in an RV in those parks? Is it, rather safe. it is yeah i mean you you try to choose the best park you know possible when it comes to cleanliness you know obviously ratings obviously uh, are a big deal now you can google an rv park to see if it's okay but 
but just, you know, just the whole setup, the amount of work that's involved in, in, in taking that trip. And I think everybody thinks about that, right? So you, you always say, oh, man, I want to jump on an RV. Let me go around the world and let me go around the, the country and go to California, go to Arizona, Route 66 and all that stuff. But yeah, it's not as fun know, as it sounds. Kudos, kudos to all the RV lovers out there, but not it's not me. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed, I've noticed, it's funny because I've noticed over, over quarantine and COVID and everything, a lot more people have taken on that whole yeah. road trip, traveling, cross country. And again, kudos to them. I've never done it. I, I actually yeah. went on a road trip to Georgia in December. It was a 15 hour drive yeah. and I wanted literally to be in my bed the entire time. I couldn't stand sure. it. My back was aching. It was awful. So yeah. I can't even imagine being you know, stuck in a car for that long, but Hey, some yeah. people love it, RV, you know, like, like this, you know I mean? you're, this is the way <laughs> <laughs> like you're driving a bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. Like oh, a bus. Man. <laughs> oh man. Awesome, man. But, uh, let's, let's jump right into it. Jesus, uh, you know, you've told me a little bit about your story in the past of how you started. You are the CEO and president of unified logistics. Um, you can tell us a little bit about more about that, but I'm really interested to know, how did you get your start, right? I know you're born and raised in Miami. How did you really get into the business? I know you told me, you know, a while back that you were, you know, you yourself were driving the trucks, delivering things personally. How was that? Um, I met my wife, believe it or not, at the time, my girlfriend at age 14 years old. We, um, I was raised in a family that got uh when i was earlier on probably maybe i was 12 11 years old my parents got separated so basically i lived with my father and my brother in the house so we're basically it was like a somewhat of a bachelor pad if you can call it uh we i was raised in there uh raised by myself i would i was a person or as a kid that would do my own laundry i would do uh i would cook for myself i would basically take care of myself i was basically um watching over myself when it came to my education as far as my school you know even, even middle school and high school i was on my own got kicked out of school a couple of different times uh wasn't it wasn't the best student um i did not have the luxury to get an education so just because of maybe the i guess the lack of support system that i had at home i felt that that was probably now looking back as a, from a father perspective um, the lack of, of, of support that I had at home that I didn't really get uh, somewhat like people encouraging me to, you know, kind of follow my education route. So I didn't I didn't have that. So, you know, here we are, age 21. I get married. Me and my wife decide to get married after being six or seven years together. We, were bro we broke up a couple of different times throughout the years, uh, but we got to this 21 age and we're like, hey, let's get married. So we got married and we moved away to Gainesville. Uh, we started there basically from nothing. Uh, we had, uh, we decided to just move in with her father at the time, which was basically 25 miles west of, of Gainesville, which is a small town that's called Trenton, Florida. So just imagine, you just plucked a, a kid from Hialeah and you're putting them out in the boondocks where the next, you know, the, the first gas station is probably about 12, 12 miles out. Um, and there it all started. It all started in the, in the, in the aspect of, of our relationship of our family, of, uh, of our marriage, and really our journey. So there, since we didn't have much, right? So we only lived, you know, we lived a short period of time with her father and uh, I spent a lot of time in reading. So uh, there wasn't much to do. You had to, in, in order to get to, to the city or to go out and have a nightlife, it was about 25 miles out. That was one. Two, financially, I wasn't stable. So we were just kind of getting started. We're 
trying to look around as far as finding just a regular nine to five jobs. At the time, I had a tremendous amount of experience, believe it or not, in the veterinarian field. I was a technician. Um, I started from kind of like the bottom and then I, I, I ended up getting a job in the University of Florida where the veterinarians become veterinarians, right? So, and we I had an opportunity to, to join that and that was great. It was a blessing for me and it was an opportunity from really, uh, it was a dream job for me. So at the time we basically, um, we were at Gainesville. Uh, when, we, when we were at Gainesville, we ended up uh, deciding like, hey, we can't live with your father too long. Um, one of the challenges that we had there, which is my wife's uh, dad was, was an alcoholic. So it was a little bit of a struggle for us to be in that environment at such a young age and married. So we decided to move to Ocala about maybe about an hour, or maybe about two hours drive from Gainesville over there. So we ended up moving into a small apartment, two bedroom apartment with no furniture. The only furniture I had was the furniture that I brought from my father's house, a bed, 19 inch Sony TV. And it wasn't even a flat screen. It was like one of those, you know, the big ones. <laughs> so old school. Um, so we ended up there. Um, and it so happened there in Ocala, there's only a couple things you can do. One, you can probably go ride some horses. Uh, two, you can go to the flea market. Okay. And, uh, and three, you can go to church. So the other two required financial backing, right? So the, the, the horses and the flea market. So we didn't have that. We didn't have that luxury. So I decided to say, hey, I'm going to get plugged into church. It was a small Pentecostal church that was probably about a mile away from our apartment. And it was a very small, predominantly black and a white pastor, right? And uh, that's where it all started for us when it, came, when it comes to our faith. We got plugged into that church in a way that it felt like home for us. It felt like home away from home. We didn't have anybody else in Ocala. Uh, we didn't have any other family. We were just me and her. At the time, probably about months later, she got pregnant. And um, a little bit close to probably about a year after that, we decided to come down back to the Miami. But I just want to touch on, on, on that church because that church has really kind of really laid down the foundation of who we are today. Uh, the reason why I say the laid down the foundation is because I can reflect back when I started to volunteer. Uh, at the church, uh, even during the week. Again, it was like my job. And then during the week, I would volunteer at the church. They were building a, a small temple for the kids. And they asked me, hey, do you, can you volunteer? And I was like, listen, <laughs> handy work is not my calling. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, mean, I can't even barely put a, a, you know, a picture frame on my wall. You know what I mean? So he's like, no, no, I just need, you know, I just need a body out here. You know, so we, what, we did, what we started to do is uh, really lay down the foundation of this small building. And the foundation was basically for um, a temple that was going to be made for uh, for the kids, uh, the kids ministry, and you know during the you know, it was like uh, after school care or whatnot. So, but as I as I reflect back in that time, uh, one of the things that I started to reflect back uh, during that time of of you know being away, being by ourselves, getting started in our relationship, kind of being kids, really uh, being away from home was that God was really laying down the foundation of our marriage, of our family, of who we are kind of moving forward. I looked at that and it's, it, it was, you know, and I, I thought about it maybe about 10 years later. I never even thought about it at the time. You kind of go through motions in life and you really don't realize like you're actually building something. But uh, 10 years past, we kind of, I look back and I'm like, wow, this is what God was doing over there. Kind of fast forward, uh, we came down to, to Miami and uh, we started a life in Miami. We 
rented an apartment out in, in Kendall. Um, and it kind of uh, started there. Again, we were, I was going from job to job. Um, when I was running now, I went from University of Florida down into Miami, running another kind of another veterinary hospital. Uh, and to the point that I ran into um, an opportunity to be a vendor for Home Depot. There, um, it started like as far as like me getting in, in plugged into a completely different industry as far as, you know, being involved in buyers and the merchant side and also uh, vendor uh, relationship with, with Home Depot and, and retail. So uh, that gave me a good amount of experience. Um, so imagine big 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 transition right so you them from the veterinarian hospital into kind of the retail side of things and um there i was offered at one point to uh, jump on to a logistic company that was i was going to be brought on as a sales manager had zero experience zero here i am in this company zero experience kind of eight years into it and i basically started a market from scratch uh, I was, there was many times during that time, uh, I was with that company, I was scratching my head, like, what am I doing here? Like, why, how did I end up here? You know, why am I doing this? You start to question, um, you know, certain things that happen in your life in certain seasons, like, why are you here? And I think that obviously years later, I started realizing that there's never a wasted season in your life. And I think that the, to me, that, that played a huge role for me because the experience that I was able to gain from from starting up a market from that company i was able to really apply it to to who i am today so as as kind of years passed with that company there was a, a friend of mine that she worked for fedex and she said hey jesus i need you to i want you to go meet someone so i said okay you know, no problem i said i'm not really looking for a job i'm, I'm pretty well off i'm pretty comfortable uh in the position i'm in right now she says yeah i understand but i, I want you to go meet him so i said Hey, why not? You know, I like to, to, to learn from other people and learn from other people in the industry. So let me just go meet the guy. So me and uh, this gentleman, David, um, which he was the owner of a, of a large transportation company, we met and we hit it off. We talked for like about four hours and I talk, told, told him a little bit about what I do. And he told me a little bit of what he's looking for. And at the end of the conversation, he tells me, hey, Suze, I don't think uh, I don't think I'm going to hire you. Because I, I can't offer you a position because I think that what you have and what you the qualities that you carry, you're more of an owner more than anything else. So when he told me that we kind of ended up the conversations like he's, he was he told me and encouraged me, hey, why don't you just start your own business? And whatever I have in Miami, I'll give it to you. And then, I'll, you know, if, 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 if you if whatever you bring to the table, maybe we can come up with a partnership that you give me a small percentage and we can we can help. You know, we can create a somewhat of a partnership. So I came back home that day, told my wife, said, hey, you know, here we are. Fast forward. Obviously, we already had three kids and I was I was probably about 30, age 30 at the time. And uh, back in 2005, um, come back home and tell my wife, said, hey, honey, um, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about leaving my job <laughs> and starting from scratch and basically starting everything from from zero just building up a market and whatever i do here it'll, it'll be my own and, and you know i can build it so she was kind of scared she was very skeptical about the whole scenario just because we we're in a comfortable situation um you know i had a good salary i had, uh, I had all the perks i had you know a, a company car i had an expense account and it was pretty much set but I think that I told her, I said, listen, I, I need to do this. I, you know, if I fail, I fail and I'll go back to, you know, wherever it needs to be. But 
I need to be able to take this leap because if I don't take it, then I will never this I'll never have a regret if I if I don't take it. You know what I mean? So I said, let me do it. So first year I opened it up, I think it was in October of 05 or September of 05. We started there. And the first year, which was basically I built out September, October, November, December, those four months, I basically built out more than I ever made in in a year or, or even two years for that matter for the company I was working for previously. Um, so I started Unified Logistics Services. Um, we are a company that we offer, you know, warehousing, transportation, logistical needs for, for manufacturers, for distributors, for freight forwarders, for companies that are out outside of our country that, that kind of come in and maybe bring some inventory. Uh, now we're starting to tap into the e-commerce side of things and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. But so here we are, we built this company from scratch. Um, I started basically from my house with a laptop. A couple rented trucks. I put you know, Joe Schmo in the in the in the trucks to, to just drive it, and uh, started from that point on. And it just continued to grow. It continued to grow in a, in a way to it helped us to really build a reputation down in South Florida. Uh, number one, I already had a reputation of who I was in the industry, so it allowed me now to say, okay, this is my own thing. And with, throughout the relationships that I built out throughout the years, I was able to kind of bring on some of those accounts, but also bring on some new accounts. So I went from my house with a laptop and a couple of rented trucks to renting a space, small little office. From there, it kind of grew um, uh, from from building to building, uh, continuing to grow. Went from 10,000 square feet, 15,000 square feet, uh, fast forward, went a fast forward all the way to now. Now we just... We just signed our, our new deal with a new building that will have about maybe a total of about 80,000 square feet in, uh, here in Medley, uh, about 31-door facility that we'll be doing a lot of different things. Uh, it was a heck of a ride to get here to where I am today. It, it, it required a tremendous amount of commitment, sacrifice, and it also required um, a lot of struggle. We went through a couple different struggles as a company, number one, which was back in 2008. Uh, where the economy took a dip, we lost about maybe 60% of our business at that time. So here you are, you know, living on top of the mountain, you know, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008 comes around, you lose 60% of your business. I thought at the time that my, the world was crashing in. I, you know, I was always already getting used to a life, uh, financial uh, stability in a way that I, I got used to it, a, a way of life. Um, where we lived at, the cars that we drove, and, and so on and so forth, right? So it was a tough time for us. But I think that I'm grateful for that for that moment. I'm grateful because it was a moment like that. It was a defining moment like that that required me to to pivot, to pivot and to, to do something else, to be more diverse. I couldn't, I realized that I couldn't put I wouldn't say all my eggs, but I would say at least 50% of my eggs into, or 60% for that matter, 60% of my eggs all in one basket. Was We couldn't do it. So I needed to grow up in the from the business uh, from the business perspective. Uh, I thought that life was good. Everything was, we were, we were, we were making money and, and generating revenue and being profitable. And I thought that that was going to last forever. But unfortunately, it was a eye-opening experience uh, for me and to realize that Everything in life is temporary. Everything, good times, bad times, the wild times. <laughs> all, everything is 
temporary. So we went through that time. Uh, I had to downsize the company in 2008. And little by little, I went back on the hunt, right? I went back on that on that drive, on the hunting uh, mentality that I had to kind of rebuild and reinvent myself. And we were able to go back out in the market. I started to sow a lot of seeds, um, going after a, knocking a lot of doors, going after a lot of different accounts. And then little by little, they started to flourish, right? They started to, I started to kind of benefit from all the seeds that I had sown in the, the past years. So we started coming back up, maybe in about 2010, we started kind of expanding and then uh, you know, slowly but surely, we started to grow when it came to capacity, uh, amount of people, amount of resources. So here we are, you know, 2020. Again, life is good, everything is everything's well, and here we are hit with COVID-19 and this pandemic that we thought it was just going to last for about a couple of weeks. And there, unfortunately, we took another hit. We took a hit of 35% of our business, kind of. Uh, we do a lot of retail logistics, right? So we do a lot of deliveries to malls and different stores. And and with that being shut down, we took a hit on it. Uh, one of our other customers also went out of business. So it, we took a hit in multiple areas. But this time it was a little bit different. This time is I felt a little bit more confident. I felt that I had been here before. I've been uh, down this road before. So I needed to pivot and decide, okay, so where where do I find, where where's the where's the need that I can fill? So I started looking out throughout the industry and I started realizing that I could, we do, we, at the time we we're doing a lot of transportation, right? So we do a lot of LTL freight. What that means is it's less than truckload. We would handle freight at a national level, here at a local level, and we would do some warehousing, right? So then as we pivot, one of the biggest things that was, was exploding at the time, which I mean, it's always kind of been a very uh, pretty hot industry in the past couple of years is e-commerce everybody's ordering online everybody's grabbing their phone getting on amazon and doing this and getting to all the e-tailers and ordering online so how do i tap into that so i decided to bring on e-commerce fulfillment right so that's kind of a similar environment very similar to amazon uh, where we would invoice we would inventory your product and your and uh, and uh, you know it can be multiple SKUs a thousand SKUs whatever the case would be we would warehouse it and then we would fulfill these orders that would come in through online and we would it would be connected directly into our into our system and then we would take off again i'm grateful for the pandemic i'm grateful for the moments that 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 life throws at us because we were able to 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 divert and be able to move on to other things and create these new things. So here I am again, reinventing myself again. So where we lost 35% of the business, fast forward to, to where we are today. Like I said, we just signed a deal that we are now probably about almost a little bit over double our size of facility because of the e-commerce, because of the fulfillment. Um, so I'm, again, I'm grateful that happened. I don't, I think it took, unfortunately, it took a pandemic for me to realize that I, I should have done this two years ago, three years ago, but I, I'm grateful for, for 2020. A lot of, you know, I, unfortunately that there was a lot of bad things that happened, uh, but, um, but for us, there, there was a lot of good things as well. So uh, we're grateful for that, for that point. So here we are today. Um, you know, Unified Logistics Services. Now we offer a multiple a range of, of services throughout um, the logistical industry. Uh, we partner up with companies like Home Depot, Way, Wayfair, Lowe's. Uh, we do a lot of stuff with Amazon. Uh, we warehouse for a lot of direct, uh, you know, um, manufacturers and retailers. 
that we're able to do warehousing and, and do fulfillment. So, you know, it's, I think it was, you know, kind of looking back um, at our story um, from, a, from a business perspective, Gabriel, is that, you know, one of the things that to me that I, I'm grateful for, from, you know, for God blessing me with, with the calling that I have, me personally, because I think everybody has their own unique calling, is that one of the things that I realized, obviously, you're, here you have a kid that has no education. So where do you, where do you go? Where do you rely on? Uh, so the only thing that I had to rely on was really myself and what I had in me. And one of the things that I, I, I really highlight of, of my life and really my career is really that I took ownership in every position that I was in. Ownership uh, for a lot of people nowadays, it's, there's, there's a lot of lack of people taking ownership. Why? Because people, you know, they go through the motions few People are, are very easy to settle, very easy to, to kind of find their, their area of complacency. For me, I didn't, I didn't have that luxury. I needed to continue to, to drive. I went from job to job. The way that I would look at every job was like, okay, you're going to give me this job. This is an entry level job. I'm going to try to crush it. And I'm going to continue to move forward. I'm going to try to continue to excel. And the only way to excel is to have that mindset of saying, hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to settle for complacency. I'm going to continue to grow. I know that I lack an education, but I have this drive with me and I have this ambition drive that, you know, it's no one's going to take it away from me. So I continue to grow. I continue to bring value to every company that I worked for. And doing that, you know, even from when I was in middle school, you know, I worked in, I had a couple of different jobs and I was able to just take ownership of what I did. So, you know, I look back now and I think that, you know, a lot of people say, hey, so what do you contribute your success to? I think I would contribute my success, number one, to God. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a very faith driven person. Uh, but number two, uh, you know, God has blessed me with 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 a with a with a drive and with an ambition and with a with a mindset of, of, of always taking ownership of what you do and wherever they place you, you need to make sure that you do the best or you can really be the best version of yourself. Uh, if you bring that, you're bringing value. You're adding value to any team or to any environment that you that you're, you're placed in. Right. So, um, you know, that to me, that kind of it was a it was a tough we had tough moments. Uh, but one of the things that my wife always calls me is that she's always calls me a fighter. I am a, I'm a person that uh, have, I have, I take adversity pretty well. Uh, I'm not a person that just panics. I don't, I'm not a person that kind of folds. I'm a person that fights. Uh, I fight for, uh, for success. I fight for, for excellence. I fight for relationships. I fight for faith. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly fighting for something. And it can be for my business. It could be maybe for my marriage. Maybe it could be for my family. Whatever the case may be, I think that that fighting mentality has has got me to where I am today. You know what's so so interesting to me is that every single guest that we have had on the Mindset Podcast always has two things in common. I think every single one of them, Gabe. Number one, they come from immigrant parents or they're immigrants themselves. Right. And I've, I've seen the trend of that immigrant fight, that spirit that, that CEOs and entrepreneurs that come from an immigrant family have. It, it's different. It's different than, than someone who was born here in the United States and nothing against those kinds of people. Right. And then the second thing that's, that's also very common that I see in you and, and all of our guests is that they all experienced a rough patch in their life. All of them have had rough times. I'm sure there's people out there that have had a very good life and they haven't really struggled too much and they've made it. And that's great. Right. 
but a lot of, of at least the, the the people who we have had as guests like yourself have gone through very turbulent times in their lives and they've made it and that's how that's and i want to take a second to just acknowledge that because a lot of people unfortunately fall through the cracks right uh, when they go through hard times they either they stay there they dwell and that's it that's the end of it but but like someone like yourself that you absorbed the rough patch and like you said you said there's never a wasted season yeah. there's never a wasted season taking whatever adversity is thrown your way right. and using it to your advantage those are the results you get that's why you're you're the ceo of your company that those are the results that you get when you use your adversity to your advantage and i just love that you, of your your entire story is really incredible and when you said that when you were 30 years old you had three kids and you were you had a comfortable job and that's when you decided to be an entrepreneur and to go out and to take the risk because who, who knows what would have happened you could have taken the risk and fallen flat on your face and and things could have spiraled down right and i think 30 years old is is a critical time for a lot of people because i think in, in our society we say by 30 30 years old you have to have everything figured out you have to have your job your stable job and and just settle in yeah. but then you kind of you you shook it up a little bit you were 30 years old had three kids had a whole family and said you know what i'm gonna take this risk right. i'm gonna go out and see what i can do for my family and then you're reaping the benefits now you took the risk and you succeeded yeah um what 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 advice do you have for anyone listening right now that might that might be Gabe's age, you know, my age, 20, 21 years old about risk taking? Right. What should they try different things? Should they stick to one thing? What's what's the idea behind that? I would say, honestly, um, you know, you can't get comfortable. There's no growth in the comfort zone. That's one of the things that I realized. Right. So here we are, age 30, deciding, hey, I'm going to. Uh, do I get out of my comfort zone? How do I how do I grow? How do I develop? How do I excel? And it needed to get me thrown out of that comfort zone. So there's a couple of those couple of those moments in my life. Number one, you know, a couple of the ones that I mentioned, which were some of those adversity moments that I I was faced with. Those were moments that just threw me. The pandemic threw everybody out of their comfort zone. Like, hey, you're not going to be able to you know um, go out of your house. You're, you're going to have to be quarantined and so on and so forth. So these are things that we have to look as a society and understand that you can never be comfortable because that com that that feeling comfortable meaning that you're not you're, you're you're feeling complacent so i would really advise and encourage people to understand that there's sometimes there's it's going to be an uncomfortable moment in your life that you're going to have to take that step you're going to have to take that risk because then what happens is that maybe time passes. You don't take the risk. Maybe you don't take that, that step and say, hey, you know what? You, you don't get that new job. Maybe you don't go into the new industry. Maybe you don't say, hey, I'm going to start my own business. And, and you don't do that. Years pass. You say, hey, you start to think to yourself, like, why? Man, what? Well, how about if I would have done it? What if? What if I would have I would have taken that step? Where would I be today? So for me, I don't want to have any regrets. I want to I want to live life to its fullest. If there's an opportunity offered to me, I'm going to take it. If I feel that I can't make it or whatever the case may be, I'm going to try to find my way around it and say, hey, you know what? Let me, me let me research this a little bit better to make sure that I'm making the right decision. Now, how do you how do you come up with that answer? Number one, I think community. Community is everything. You need to make sure that you check your circle because your circle is like an old saying, like my mom. My mom's an old school Cuban. She said, you know, tell me who you hang out with, and I'll tell you what your future looks like. So I think community is huge. I think 
the people that you surround yourself with, you need to make sure that they're kind of you're, you're, they're on your same wavelength in order to, 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 to see the same visions or to cast the same visions that you have to, to decide, hey, do you think this is good? Do you think this is a good move for me? Uh, that's number number one. I mean, in reality, I should have started with my faith because I think my faith has really allowed me to 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 go back to a value system that I've that that's been built in me through my faith that I'm able to say, hey, how do I take this step? How do I how do I know for sure this is going to work out? Well, that's what faith looks like. When you make that step, when you take those extra steps and the step that you're stepping outside of the comfort zone, you need to make sure that God has your back no matter what. One of the things that he, one of his biggest promises to me that always stands out is that he would never forsake us and he'd never leave us. That means I'm, I'm going to go either in the desert, in the mountaintop, or in the valley. Either, either, either place, he's going to be with me. So I will never fear because the minute you start to fear, that's when anxiety starts to to, to come in and creep in, uh, a worry starts to creep in. Oh, what? How about if this happens? So on and so forth. You can't think like that. You need to make sure that you have a mindset of growth. You need to have to, uh, a, a mindset of excellence. Deciding doesn't matter where you put me at. I'm going to make sure that I'm 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 going to crush it and really carry the spirit of excellence that I have. Um, so I would really encourage people to understand that there's going to be risk and there's going to be times in your life, especially you guys that are young. There's going to be times in your life that the opportunity is going to be offered to you. So the question is, are you going to take advantage of it or are you going to reject it? And to me, I would always encourage people to really think it through, number one, but also to understand that you'll never have a wasted season. So even if you do take that, take that step and it doesn't work out, guess what? You learn something that you're probably able to apply in your future. Absolutely. And I want to touch on a couple of things that you mentioned. One being that that day that that you met with Dave, I believe, yep. and you got home and you told your wife, hey, this is what I think I want to do. Again, at 30 years old with three kids living comfortably. And you said something that stuck out to me. You said, I don't want to go and live my life and regret this at the end of the day. Right. Right. And I think that you guys just mentioned it right now. Anthony mentioned you can't live without regrets. And there's been a, there's been many studies Right, that you, you can go to a, a, a retirement home and you can ask all the little old people, all the retired people there and ask them, are, do you have any regrets in life? Do you have anything you wish you would have done? And plenty of them would have said, I wish I would have, you know, went jet skiing or I wish I would have started that business or I wish I would have, you know, jumped out of plane. Right. <laughs> That's something that that all of us are going to have to live with. And I feel like this is this is one of the biggest purposes why we started this podcast in the first place. So we can help influence young people to take that risk, take that leap of faith now. Right. And and there's never a better time, whether you're 20, 30, 40. People think that, like Anthony mentioned, at 30, 35, you have to you know be living comfortably. You have to you know have the nice house, have the nice car, have the family around you. Yep. You know, God has a plan for each and every one of us and everyone has a different plan. Right. Right. And the second thing I wanted to touch on was that you mentioned everywhere, every position that you were put at, you were giving value. You were you're providing value, whether you were at University of Florida as a veterinarian or a technician, whether you were down here in Miami at Home Depot, whatever position you were put at, you were able to provide value. And I think that's so critical for people to understand because. There are some people that I know that they might be working at Taco Bell mm -hmm. and they might be giving, you know, half-ass effort because yeah. they they think that they're going to be moving up somewhere. Oh, I'm not going to be here anymore in two yeah. years. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start my own business. Right. right. But little do they know that their future employer or their future client is the person that they're servicing right there at the counter. Right. 
right? These little things I feel like are the things that people need to take into account. And no matter where you are, you know, you are put in that position at that moment in time so you can give that value, right? 110%, whether it's your business, whether it's your relationship, your marriage, your family, I think it's 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 so important for people to realize that now. And again, whether you're working at nine to five, whether you're working at McDonald's, whatever you're doing, you have to be able to give that that value, provide that value, a hundred percent of excellence that you were talking about. Yeah. Wherever you're at. Yeah. Right. And I think that's huge for people to understand. Yeah, because I think that there's no way that you're going to progress, right? If yeah. you if you can't do well or at least be the best version of yourself and this is not only uh, from an individual perspective but also as an employee perspective you need to be able to be the best version of yourself in order for you to continue to um to grow and to excel there's no way that you're gonna you're gonna stay there and and you know a lot of you're right a lot of people say hey i'm just here for a check man i'm just here to check in at nine and check out at five that's that's who i am and that's what you know it could be you have a nine to five job, maybe you have a night job, whatever the case may be, a lot of people are just embracing complacency. There's no growth there. We need to be able to, as you know, and this is, this, this is why I love this podcast, because uh, it's, 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 a, it's a really a vehicle for people to jump on and, and kind of listen to and be encouraged because there's, 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 if it's not going to be us or if it's not going to be you guys, then who is it going to be that's going to be able to encourage the future of this, of this world? And it's, I, I think it's times like this, it's, I think it's conversations like this that we're able to spread, hey, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have the best story, but I'm just going to share my story. I'm going to share what I've been through and how I've gone through life to be able to go through adversity, to continue to grow, to continue to excel, and to be who I am today. Again, I'm far from perfect. I'm not after perfection. I'm after progression. I want to progress. Next year, I want to be better than I am this year. I'm at age 46. I told you a story that when I was at 30, I'm age 46 now. I'm not comfortable. I want to continue to grow not only as a, as a father, as a husband, as a, as a friend, as a son, as, as, a, as, as a leader in our community. Wherever God places me, I'm going to continue to excel and continue to have that mindset. I told my wife the other day, even when I age 60, 70, 80, I'm going to continue to strive. You know... When you when you think you've made it, that's that's a dangerous that's a dangerous point in your yeah. life. When you think, oh, I got everything, I got I got the money, I got the job, I got I'm good now. That's where that's very very dangerous. And I feel a lot of people get to that point in their lives mm -hmm. where they're comfortable, they're chilling. That's dangerous. And I, I love I love your attitude, your 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 vibes, and, and that's what we encourage on our podcast of never be satisfied. Yeah. Never be satisfied. You accomplish one thing, let's get 10 more of those. Yeah. You accomplish those 10 more, let's, times 100. Let's keep going. Let's keep building. Let's build an empire. Right. And I feel that that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And your kids are watching you. Right. Your family is watching you. Your community is watching you. They're behind you. We're watching what you're doing. When you think of, of your legacy, what are some things that come to mind? What are you trying to establish? What are you trying to leave in this world? You know, I often say that, well, everybody says we're, we're, we're going to die one day. Yeah. We're going to die. And how we're remembered is, is everything that's left. Once we're, once we're dead, there's not much we can do to it. And I often like to think about death because it puts some fire under my seat, right? It gives me some sense of urgency that one day this is going to be over and I only have so much time to do what I want to do. Exactly. So when you think about legacy and you know you have the community behind you and your family's watching you and the eyes are on you on your every move, 
what what are some things that come to mind when you think about your legacy? Well, one thing uh, for sure is that we have to realize that when we leave this earth, our story continues. Our story continues through our children, through the people that we've impacted. And one of the things or a few of the things that I've that I feel that I want to leave as a legacy is number one, really to be um, my character of faith. Right. So I, I want to make sure that I imprint that. Uh, why? Why do I talk about my faith a lot? It's because it's really the fabric of who I am made of today. It's it's because my value system is rooted in my faith. Why do you say Why do I say that? I say that because when I get adversity, where do I go? I go to my faith. What does my faith tell me? Faith says, hey, if God is with me, what can come against me? I'm going to continue to strive forward. So that mindset, right? They're, they're kind of like that warrior mindset. Um, so definitely I would want my top, my top priority probably re really leaving my faith character in with wherever I leave in uh, behind, which would be my children or my family, my extended family and friends. We would, I would want to leave that behind. The other thing is really to, to really break the cycle. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned early on was that my parents were divorced at an early age. I was at an early age when they got divorced. After that was basically my older sister got divorced and then my brother got divorced and then my old, my, my young, I guess my youngest older sister got divorced. I want to break that cycle. I want to make sure that we just literally celebrated uh, a couple weekends ago, uh, 25 years of marriage. I want to make sure that I instill not only in my community, really my community, but also my family, my, my, my son, my daughters understand that the, the, the gift uh, one, of the, one of the biggest gifts that God gives us is an ability to, to get married, to get married and have children and have a family. And that that will allow you to create that kind of carry out that legacy. Um, to me, that's important to me. It's important to me because it's kind of been swept under the, under the rug, you know, the, maybe the past few years. The people A lot of people are not getting married, number one. Number two, a lot of people are getting divorced. Talking about at least, you know, 40% of or, or close to 50% now of kids that are being brought up are being brought up by single parents. It's tough. It's tough for single parents. And I give props to all the single parents out there hustling. But it's 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 extremely important that the father has his role and the mother has his role in order to bring up these children and really carry, you know, really bring up, bring up our, the future uh, generations. The other thing I would definitely love to, to, to leave is to have a servant's heart. Doesn't matter, Anthony, Gabe, where I am today, how much success I have, I'm still going to serve. I'm still going to be generous. I'm not only talking about financially. I'm going to talk. I'm talking about really about my time. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. I'm going to have a servant's heart. I want to make sure that I leave that with my kids, so they can teach their kids. It doesn't matter how what status you have. If you're not serving in our community and you're not giving back one way or another. You're, you're, you're missing out. You're missing out. So I feel that it's important not only from an early age, I taught my kids, hey, we're going to we're going to serve. We're going to serve in our local community. We're going to serve in our, in, our, in, our, in our backyards. We've taken vacations to 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 Central America, to South America that we've taken out of our own vacation time. We've taken time just to serve, say, hey, we're going to give book bags and we're going to take toys and we're going to take things and the school supplies and what have you to maybe a, a local rural school. And I've actually that's been part of our vacation. So what am I teaching there? I'm teaching my kids to make sure that they are they have a servant's heart and they understand that serving is a huge part of it because if we don't do it, then who will?
Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I, I can almost guarantee that those people who do know you, your kids, your family members, that they, they can say that about you, and uh, that that legacy will live on, you know, long after you're gone, right? And I want to touch on something, and I want to congratulate you on 25 years of marriage because, like you mentioned, that's something that definitely is swept under the rug. It's not easy yeah. uh, to, to, to accomplish that, right? And I remember when we spoke on the phone, you told me, I think it was the weekend before you were, you were celebrating, you said, hey, I want, I want to do this on purpose to, to surround myself with my family members, with uh, young individuals, young couples, whether married or dating. I want them to see that it's possible, right? right? Especially with this whole COVID-19, like you mentioned, the numbers of divorce have only increased significantly. Yeah. Right. And and marriage is something that's thrown around very loosely and not taken as seriously as it should. And I want to ask you if there is a secret formula to, to a successful and happy marriage. What is it? Right. What can you tell young people? What can you tell young individuals in a relationship to to have that long lasting love in, in a marriage? So I would definitely again, my number one answer was I was always going to be my faith. So I, I needed, and I don't want to sound too cliche, but really putting God first and really God in the center of our marriage has been able to be the glue and the foundation of our marriage and of our family, of our relationship. You know, but I think that the, the other part of it is that as God has joined us together, right now we are from, we went from two, two individuals to one. So now we are stronger. We are actually better together. So that means that there's strength and unity. So I think that that's important for us to understand. And I want to make sure I highlight that because the simple fact is that maybe some people are saying, oh, I don't want to get married. I'm just going to maybe live, move in together and say, I'm going to try it out. Do like a, a test drive, <laughs> see if it works out. If it doesn't work out, I'll turn her back in. You know what I mean? So it shouldn't be that way. Uh, God has given us a gift of marriage and we need to embrace it. So I think that, that when it comes to having, there's really no secret antidote or a secret, you know, um, um, ingredient to, to having a successful marriage. But I look back and I, you know, I look at my wife and she's been a phenomenal wife. She's a, she's a tremendous woman of God. And I think that through those tough moments that I've kind of maybe crumbled or maybe, I don't know, maybe I felt a little bit more of a, uh, that I was struggling going through life. She was there to pick me up and vice versa. There was times that, you know, when she lost her mom, um, you know, there was a moment there that I had to carry her, literally carry her and hang in there with her. Uh, we're able to sharpen each other. You know, I'm a big believer in the verse that says iron sharpens iron. You know, um, that's the only way that we're going to get better. So I think that between having God in the middle of your relationship obviously sets up a value system that, number one, you honor your wife. She honors the husband. Uh, one of the biggest commandments that... Uh, not really commandments, but clearly something that uh, the Bible says. It says to 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 love your wife like Jesus loved the church. That's pretty deep, man. I don't know about you guys, but it's like, you know, you talk about laying down your life for the church because that's basically what he did. He laid down his life for the church because uh, we are the church. And that's that's pretty heavy. So to me, I've embraced that. I've under, I understand that God has given me something to steward. So the question is going to be to me, like, hey, so what are you going to do with what God has given you? Are you going to dishonor it? Are you going to, are you just not going to, you know, carry out this, this, this life that he has for you? Um, or are you going to be a good steward? And that's where, that's where I want to be. So I want to be a good steward of the relationship that he's blessed with me with, not only as from, from a husband perspective, but also from a, uh, from a, from a father perspective. So, yeah, so I would have to definitely say, say those things that have been a, a huge, uh, you know, contribution to, 
to who we are today. 25 years is a long time. And honestly, I, I think I, I'm, I'm thinking about actually building a, uh, a statue of my wife uh, that she deserves it. Not a medal, but actually a statue right in front of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to see that. You, when, when you build it, you got to send us a picture of your of, a, of the statue. <laughs> yeah, That's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that just goes to show how important it is to marry the right person. Yeah. To marry the right person um, because they they will, at times, like you mentioned, you're going to rely on that person and they'll rely on you. Right. Uh, so it has to be the the perfect pairing. And and it's just so incredibly important. And I think our generation it might be losing that a little bit right. of the importance of that. Um, so hopefully we're, we're able to turn that around with these kinds of conversations that we're having with you and, and having your testimony be heard. Um, but before we wrap up, I want to give you the opportunity to share with our, our listeners what is the mindset? I know we talked about a bunch of things here today, great things, but if you can pinpoint the mindset that our listeners should leave with after listening to this episode, what would you say it should be? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very, very heavy, top heavy question, you know, um, because everybody has their own calling and their own purpose in life, right? Uh, I said that in the beginning, uh, we are all uniquely designed and I think that as far as my mindset is concerned that I want to encourage people is to a couple of things. Number one is to is to be have a fighting mentality. We are always going to we're always going to be fighting for something. Number two is not to be complacent in where you see your, yourself today. Doesn't mean that you're going to be there tomorrow. Doesn't mean that you're going to be there next week or even next next five years. The mindset of having or, or trying to continue to grow as an individual is everything never never settle never never decide that you're going to settle you need to continue to to strive as as an individual you guys have a tremendous opportunity as being young people nowadays you have this this whole thing that's called the internet you know what i mean back then we didn't have that um you guys have that you have technology you have so many different things that god has blessed us with what we have today but i would definitely have to say my number one mindset is to be faith driven because that is going to turn you into the person that God has called you to be. Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but for me, my faith has brought me to who I am today. I am a reflection of who God is. When I leave this earth, I want people to remember me and they not to remember me, but to re really remember God to remember how I was able to shine the light in the times that were dark, to shine the light for people that needed me the most at the times. But there's no way that you're going to have a, 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 a heart or a mindset that way have being outside of faith. I mean, you can be very driven. There's a lot of people that are entrepreneurs and they're very, you know, motivational. And, um, but when it comes to, when it comes to it, you need to have a value system. Why? Because when you're faced with adversity, where are you going to turn to? What values are you going to pull out of your book bag and be able to say, hey, how do I deal with this adversity? How do I get through it? How do I fight through it? So I think to, to me, my main thing and main, main uh, I guess really my main purpose uh, through this podcast is really to express my faith, who I am today. Um, and, 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 and as a father, as a husband, and in all the areas that God has placed me in. But it's really because of my faith is who I am today and who I, I want to be in the next couple of years. And I'm not done yet. That's it. You heard it here first. He's not <laughs> done yet. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. I, I, I truly thank you for, for sharing your testimony here today. Um, 
like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, we're, we're mutual relatives. I've known you for a very long time and I've been able to see from a distance your, your growth and your family's growth and you have a beautiful family, beautiful kids, and they, they definitely have a great role model to, to replicate after. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hope that I not only hope, but I know that the people listening to this podcast will, will be impacted in one way or another by your testimony, by your story. I'm sure there's somewhere, someone out there that might be, you know, 50 year old Jesus, you know, being raised at a single home, you know, going through that, what you went through. And I know that they'll be touched by this and they'll have, they'll be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I want to thank you. I appreciate you and all you've done with your family and everything. And uh, you're part of the mindset family now. So I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you guys so much. I'll continue to pray for you guys and make sure that God uses this platform really to encourage and to impact our community. Quick, before you go, be sure to stay tuned for this short story of how Jesus and his family were able to make a huge difference in their community. Now this is Influence. What is your most memorable family experience or moment? There's a couple definitely that kind of stick out. Uh, one of them is uh, is for sure uh, probably happened about maybe about a couple of years ago. Um, we met a family that uh, was going through a, a tough time, um, separation. They were thinking about separating. And it was a husband and wife, and then it was a daughter and a son. And... Um, they came out obviously very transparent with us kind of laid it out and said hey this is what we're thinking we're thinking about splitting uh this is what's going on so i had a conversation i pulled the husband aside one-on-one uh, my wife pulled the the wife's one-on-one and it so happened that the daughter went to uh, my daughter's crew and then the young the young boy which was like about 12 13 years old actually went to a uh, small group that my, my son led so we were able to really to as a family uh, really wrap ourselves, literally wrap ourselves around this family, um, and, and you know, encourage them. Uh, obviously, encourage them not to split. Um, help them, support them through this tough time. And to make a long story short, um, we were able to kind of uh, unite the family back again. They decided not to get a divorce. They decided to kind of get through it. Understand that marriages do go go through uh, tough times. And uh, but just to see that you know it was a it was a family effort. Uh, that we were able to bring, uh, you know, uh, uh, really bring, bring, speak life into that family and uh, be able to to make an impact that way. To me, that was probably the most memorable time uh, of, um, you know, when it came to our faith and really to see how, how we were interacting with, with the family in general. Um, but definitely, I want to definitely say a, a funny story. There was one time that we we went skiing for the first time. You know, the kids were little. Nobody knew anything about skiing. So we decided to jump on, uh, you know, we, we get there, we get to Colorado. They're like, hey, yeah, just do the bunny slope. You'd be pretty good with that. The bunny slope ended up being, it was like a very small green, uh, if you guys are familiar with with the slopes. It's like kind of like beginners. Um, but the crazy thing is that nobody knew anything about what they were doing. So here we are going up the lift, get dropped off at the first ramp. And as soon as we come down, everybody is falling. I got, you know, my youngest which is at the time she was like about five or six. I had Jacob over there trying to figure out the snowboard, almost coming, you know, flying off the mountain. Uh, it was just a disaster. It was a disaster. We we're like, okay, guys, time out. Let's let's regroup. Let's get some training. Let's get some instructor to, to help us out here because it was just a mess. But, uh, uh, you know, apart from that, of course, we've had a tremendous amount of other memorable moments.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mindset Podcast. We hope you got a lot of knowledge and wisdom from hearing Jesus' story, a true and incredible testament to the fact that if you just work hard and believe in your dreams, anything is possible. Before you leave, make sure to check us out on our website, www.themindsetpodcast.org and get yourself some merch, some mindset merch and join the movement. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Have a great week, everybody.